All right, and you're back with the Free Associates here on WMUA Amherst. I want to remind you that all our readings are always on barbarianinthevalley.com, that you can get our podcast there and on Spotify, iTunes, and all that kind of stuff, and that our phone number is 413-545-3691. 413-545-3691. If you wanted to be talking about what we're talking about, which is uh, you know basically nationalization, privatization is what we're talking about, fundamental human issues around scarcity, and the consumption of goods and what they call the tragedy of the commons. Now, Sam Stoddard's my guest. He's been giving me a really quite unfairly hard time because I have figured out the solution to all this, which is to shift all of our worst notions into the virtual realm to preserve at least for the time being our environment so that we can do something spiritual because we'll still be here. However, he's given me such a hard time, I'm going to ask him now, now, Sam, you are on the hot seat because you think that's a Band-Aid and doesn't deal with the real problem. But since you and I both know that global warming and other climate issues are really looming, how are you going to get billions of people to accept, I see you sweating here, billions of people to accept this new vision of humanity in time to avoid disaster? Yeah, I, I, we don't disagree. You have 15 seconds. No, <laughs> just kidding. Go ahead. We both know that that the reason that we treat our planet the way we do has to do with an unfulfilled longing that we have inside of our souls, basically. And, you know, yeah, I'm all for protecting the planet. And that, you know, the more we consume virtually, I mean, sure, like, we're using a lot less paper than we used to, right? We're already on the track. I guess, although it's shocking how much paper we use. Well, I didn't print out these articles. Well, I know, I, I printed them out. That's a courtesy. <laughs> I get it. Um, but, um, yeah, no, well, as a college professor, for example, when I was in college, we're, we're printing out a lot a lot less paper than, than, than we okay, do. Okay, sure. So, sure, we're already on that road. Um, but, you know, I think the fundamental problem we have here is that, that people are not finding fulfillment in the things that they expect to find fulfillment in. Uh-huh. And we're constantly grasping for more when actually the way to be happy is to have less. Right. But I, you're dodging the question. I really agree with you, and I think we can continue talking about it. Um, we are aligned. We are in sync. How are you going to do that? What's, what's step one in getting billions of people? I think that the, the advantage you have, here's your advantage, is that people actually know this. Like there's a feeling, a sense of anxiety and malaise around conditions that exist. They, so you have... Even though it seems that people are their consumptive worse right now, I actually think right under that layer, there's people who are dying to get out of that. Yeah. That is your advantage right now. But I just don't see it happening in the next 20 years in a way that's going to significantly decrease consumption in a way that we need. I understand from trying to embark on my own personal journey how it is possible as an individual. Uh-huh. And what I don't understand is... How to export that. How to translate that to billions of people. Because not, not millions, billions. You yeah. know what a billion is? It's a thousand million. <laughs> Would you see my point, though? Like, this is, time is ticking. Oh, I can't even convince my own brother to, yep. to, <laughs> to look at the world this way. Yeah, it is hard. And so I, let's not totally throw out my idea, which is at least in the, t- the time being. We also, during the break, talked about something else, which is, uh, again, like I think Sebastian Younger talks about this in Tribe, which is global warming itself could bring this to people. Because it's what, the alien force. It is, an, it, it is the alien force that Reagan's talking about, though it's not alien. Right. 
And I've also, by the way, talked on this show, and I don't know if there's any space aliens listening right now, you know, because I'm assuming that there are. Actually. We've already had this conversation. Oh, you and I had this conversation. <laughs> Listen, if you're out there in space, and you're and you an alien. And you exist at this moment in time. And you exist at this moment in time. Which I and think you're is anywhere close to planet Earth. I, I totally invite you on behalf of humankind. Okay, I'm hoping for a big position in the new administration, Space Alien Administration. I'm assuming if you can get here, you can resolve the global warming thing. So I'm totally fine with an alien invasion if it also deals with global warming, maybe a few other issues. It may be our best hope. But the other thing is, is that. You know, in Younger's book, he talks about how people really come together around disaster and that they feel very fulfilled and all their materialism drifts away because they're actually being fed. And he talks about that what happens after the disaster is resolved is really sad. That is, when disaster management comes in and removes these people and says, thank you, you can go home now, they feel a real sense of loss because they felt really important. They're going around in these boats in Houston picking people up. What could feel better than that? And so... Uh, you know, the apparatus of change and stuff like that can also bring us meaning. What, what the... Oh, sorry. What those people are, uh, are experiencing is, is a sense of community. Um, that's, that's what's going on at that level is that on September 11th or, or whatever your tragedy is in your own neighborhood, everyone comes out of their homes, everyone has this shared experience, everyone faces these shared challenges... And, you know, this builds, you know, what Robert Putnam calls political capital. Um, the idea being that we come to recognize our, our, our commonness. All right, now listen. that's the root of the word community. We have a special guest and people from the Free Associates of Barbarian in the Valley. Are you there? Oh, yeah. Oh, geez. Now, my listeners will know that voice. It's filled with confidence. Well, they, won't, they won't see the van. The van is way far, far away right now. Well, you never I'm know. It's in Vermont. I think that they still ticket cars there, although I'm not so sure. I think Vanessa probably is safe. So, Waylon, so good to hear your voice, man. We missed you last week. I know, I know. Sorry, I, uh, it, I totally dropped the ball. That was entirely okay. on me. Oh, well, yes. It wasn't on anyone else. It's not like I locked you out of the studio. But like, <laughs> we're so glad that you're calling in now. And what did you want to talk about? We were... Uh, you've been listening to it for at least a little bit. What's your thoughts on... So, d- d- you guys are talking idealistic here. You've got to talk more pragmatic Wait, about the entire did you? Well, I don't okay. think... You, all right. Okay. Well, so, th- thanks the for thing, the lecture, okay? but... Okay, go ahead. So, I was watching Thursday Night Football, and what comes on but a Mini Cooper uh, ad. Yeah. Okay? Brand new Mini Cooper. It's entirely electric, and they're, the entire ad nailed it, because this is what you have to do about global warming. They go, forget about the, the car being electric. Like, they just totally sold it on its power and its versatility and its sexiness and everything like that. You need to, like, just subtly mm. introduce all these things on a grand, systematic scale because people are not going to do it just for the intrinsic nature of it's, it's good for the world. So you need to just, you know, I'm going to go into Cumberland Farms and get that uh, iced coffee in a plastic cup until they make biodegradable cups. And I'm like, okay. Nothing changed in my life from that. So it's, it's more of a pragmatic just don't try to sell it on, on our world is getting destroyed. It definitely is, and it sucks, but people are, are not going to get off the couch and do stuff because of that until some catastrophic you know, yeah. disaster happens, and then all of a sudden it's too late. So, Waylon, I'm not sure if you heard this part. First of all, i got to say that Mini Cooper is not a sustainable product. 
Like these electric cars are not sustainable in any way. So it's good that they're not claiming they are because they're not. They might not be burning gas, but they're not exactly the solution to the problem. But since you drive a 1984 Toyota van that belches all kinds of emission out, we're not going to really address this. But <laughs> well, Raylan, first off, I oh, got that geez. van in, in California, uh-huh. and that and that and that is, has passed California emissions. Which I mean, Trump administration and everything aside, yes, might have those some are strict emissions. Uh-huh. So I actually drive a very sustainable, well, not very sustainable at all. Totally joking about that, but emissions, I'm pretty good on. He's keeping it out of the junkyard. Yeah, well, no, I mean, then it's a classic. You, it's a, hey, listen, it's a classic van. I love it. But Waylon, I don't know if you heard this. Here was my proposition to Sam. And I want you to listen to this. I think he agrees with you. Well, I think he agrees with me in a way. If people are like inherently hierarchical, which I think you might agree with, biologically yeah. hierarchical, and Absolutely. perhaps the solution for now, Sam doesn't like this. He calls it a band-aid. Perhaps the solution for now is to shift their consumption and hierarchical and status to something virtual so that it doesn't chew up resources. So, for example, like Twitter, like Instagram, those things don't really burn a lot of resources, um, but they do. They, it is the same thing that you're talking about, which is you've got to sell it, you've got to make it sexy, you have to be feeding my ego and stuff like that. Dwayland, yeah, so Sam wants to talk, but you go ahead first. So you've got to be careful with the virtual part because... Go look at what we were talking about Bitcoin a couple weeks ago and just different, you know, cryptocurrencies and stuff. The amount of resources that it's taking well, in electricity know, to burn that stuff. I mean, there's, that's there's, Bitcoin. Virtual can get a little tricky. Uh, okay, a little but, tricky. But you understand the basic premise I'm talking about. Let's assume yeah, that this yeah, is possible. I, I mean, yeah. Um, I, I think so. I saw a uh, good analogy here. Um, some studies came out about Diet Coke a while back. And the thought was, you're drinking Diet Coke, you're not drinking sugar, so you are solving the problem, you're not consuming those calories. And the problem with Diet Coke is, of course, that it, it nurtures your sugar addiction. Yes. That it feeds your sugar yeah. addiction. That people who drink Diet Coke... Stimulates your appetite. ...remain, it, it just increases that sugar addiction, and ultimately you end up consuming those calories anyway. And that seems to me what you guys are oh, talking about. Oh, totally. Here. That but, you are feeding yeah. into people's unfulfilled Absolutely. needs for consumption... And you're just trying to redirect that need for consumption, but at the same time, you're you're fostering it. Well, my you know my my contention is that I'm redirecting it in the short term because it's a necessity to redirect it away from physical things. Um, or in maybe the long what you're term, doing is you're you're staving off the tragedy that we really need uh, in order for people creative to adjust their psyche. Creative destruction, exactly. Malthusian well, creative destruction. Yeah, Wayland. And just just to add something in, this, in that hierarchical structure, I, I one I, that's a great point. Yeah. But this, the okay, wait, wait, just want to be clear. Who made the great point? Sam, of course. Oh, come Thank on, you. man. No, you, we see that. No, no, no. No, 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 no. It's good. Uh, I'm just being, I'm being silly. Together. I'm being silly. Go ahead. Um, so uh, I just, on the way up to Vermont, I was listening to Planet Money, excellent podcast. But it they were good. talking about, it, uh, just, we were talking about hierarchical systematic changes. Essentially, overnight, Moti in India said, okay, we, everybody in like X amount of days or months, all of the 100 and 500 rupee notes are not going to be worth anything. You got to take all the money that you have and you got to bring it to a bank. And if you don't bring it to a bank by this date, your money's worthless. Hmm. And that right there, that's just such a decisive action, which has, which had like resonating effects, like both good and bad, but like, Essentially, what he was doing was he was trying to 
uh, stop corruption. There was a lot of shadow money going around huh. and the other thing. But imagine if you do that with different things. Like, okay, okay everybody, you know, like plastic cups, no more. We're not doing plastic cups anymore. Yep. You know, and we're doing that with like plastic bags and things on a municipal level. But if we had a federal initiative to just be like, okay, yeah, shut down all the plastic cups. Well, okay, doing so, this, that, so- other thing. Waylon, I really think that's insightful. And I have to say, I've been thinking a lot about this recently. I think, now, this I don't want to get in trouble with this, um, that we conceivably need an authoritarian government to, to do those things. Now, it a wouldn't be... A lot of people be, in the world are starting to agree yeah, with that. Now, this wouldn't be necessarily... Uh, I would like to think of this as a benevolent authoritarian government a la Franklin Delano Roosevelt, right? Uh, I don't want to frame it as some... Or Julius Caesar. Okay, Caesar, Caesar's, well, Caesar has such a short run, it's hard to know, honestly. My point being that it led into an empire that, you know, people loved when it was Augustus or loved right, when, when I it get, was a popular leader and sure. then Tiberius. And, yeah. Sure, okay, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it, I agree with you, Waylon. I also think that it's kind of like this, too. Okay, not only is, are we going to outlaw plastic bags, we're going to find out where those are being manufactured. Okay, because those factories are now going to be gone. And if, it's, if they're in South Carolina, in the southwest of South Carolina, we need to not just stop the manufacture of those bags, but to compensate the people who had jobs making plastic bags. Like, the whole thing is actually really complex. You have to deal with all kinds of unintended consequences. And the only way you're going to get buy-in is if you say, listen, I get that we are basically stopping the creation of this product that keeps these five towns in business. So something real this time has to be given to those people or you're not going to like maintain your legitimacy or power as you try to change things. And every politician yeah. for so many decades have has gone into the same, oh, it's, it's job training, job retraining, right. everybody's going to be fine. People don't like that kind no, of change. No, because it's so this they is where the authoritarianism comes in because it's, it's going to be hard to well, get I think, people to buy into that Well, okay, but the, the advantage here... If you had an authoritarian, benevolent authoritarian regime, work could be created, right? Roosevelt did do that. Like, he was able to not snap his fingers, but generally speaking, the problem with the work retraining thing, I always think of Bill Clinton as the kind of uh, initial culprit here, is that the NAFTA thing happened, work training, it just never panned out. And I think that the last election was a referendum on right. the 1990, 1994, not the, the or whatever you want to call it. I know it's not a presidential yeah. election. It was a referendum where a huge part of the country that had been left out for 20 years screamed in a piercing, rageful way and misdirected, yes, all that stuff. But an authoritarian regime could take away that plastic factory and say, well, now you guys are going to be, I don't know, building roads or something like that, like infrastructure. I'm not sure because work is meaningful. Whalen? Yeah, I mean, commandeering something like that is 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 difficult. I don't see it ever happening in the United States. That's that, that's the problem. Why not? And Let me ask I you. Why not? It's, just think of, think about the involvement of government inside of private business like that. It just doesn't coincide with our capitalist way. No, no, not like at all. Not right now. But when the sky turns purple and dolphins are swimming up the Connecticut River, then yeah, <laughs> it could happen. But that, then it's too late. That's the problem. Then it's um, too late. You know. That's so never everything too late. can change once it's too late. Like nah, that's, it's, it's that's never the, too late. It's never too late, Waylon. You know that. It better not be. I would like purple dolphins. 
No, they're not purple dolphins. dolphins it's purple skies and dolphins going up to Connecticut. Okay, the dolphins oh. are light blue, but the skies turn yeah, purple. Yeah, but then, but then you, could, you could do some ecotourism around the dolphins in the Connecticut. Yeah, this is exactly the yes. kind of thinking that adapt. drives me crazy. This is the adapt that's why I drive, environment. That's why I have American flags <clears throat> in the back of my jacket. This is, the, this is what I call the Pilates fallacy. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's a Cody trademark thing. The Pilates fallacy is that people... Uh, will get their jobs automated, but everyone will go to Pilates class and everything will be fine. <laughs> you know, it's just not going to happen. You know, I remember listening to public radio in New York where they were like, uh, well, if, if gas goes up to $9 a gallon, uh, New York City will be even more successful because we have public transport. It's like, guys, if no, gas nope. goes up to $9 a gallon, it's not going to be good anywhere. Like, this will not be good yeah. for anybody. It'll be soiling green in New York, okay? <laughs> like, it will be really different. So, you know, I think that in the, in the larger sense, I, I actually think, I actually think, I'll make the prediction now that in our lifetime, that there will be uh, FDR-style governance in this country. And I don't see why, Waylon, you don't, I mean, you can see the conditions that might create that, right? Yeah, but are you, are you talking about some, the, the way that that's going to happen is not because of some um, existential climate threat. It's, it's from an economic downturn. Anything is possible during an economic downturn because people actually are panicking. Mm-hmm. If we're if we're saying we're hurting the world, we've done, we've gone through this the renditions of it in the '90s with you know re- reduce reuse recycle and the rise of that. There's another great Planet Money podcast that I just listened to. Oh, yeah. you know what? You know what we do with all of that? Talk about that. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so recycling. Okay, you know how you wash out your peanut butter jars and put them into the recycling. And the recycling goes to the town. Do you know what happens to that? It goes to China on yeah. empty uh, container ships, and then it gets recycled. The problem is plastic manufacturing has become so cheap now that that all of they, the – first off, China's not taking it now. So what happens when the, China doesn't take it? It goes into the landfill. And on top of that, when they get those containers and they find little traces of peanut butter in the jar, not 100% clean, they're dumping it into the ocean. So that, that huge – trash island the size of texas and the ocean is all of the stuff that we're doing now and so go back to that it's like we do stuff like that we're, we're we, i still recycle i still do I, I still go through the motions of it because it keeps you know it, it keeps us happy and we can sleep at night it's not actually changing anything yeah so it's like you have to think about the economic circumstances way before you can think about the kind of existential climate deal. That was my main point. Yeah. Uh, Sam's going to chime in here, Waylon. Why are we using so much plastic? Um, You know, when you look at plastic, you know, we almost don't realize it, but when you you really look at at your life or if you look at your trips to the dump, oh my God, it's all food. It's almost all food packaging. And so, you know, this sort of circles back around to where we started the conversation before in terms of how we consume the resources that we live off of. Um, we demand foodstuffs as part of this, this consumption fulfillment psychology that we have that are not sustainable foodstuffs. And, you know, I've increasingly gone to the grocery store and thought, what makes me so special that I deserve berries that came from 3,000 miles away? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I'm not that important as a life being um, that I need to consume that type of food. And so, uh, 
we need to reorient what we value in terms of our consumption yeah. and and this goes straight into the plastic issue because because our food is is one of the primary things we consume certainly as we get older it's one of the things we take the most pleasure in but i actually i have a like a side note on that i totally agree with you and i think this is similar we can call this the tragedy of the whole food commons <laughs> which is when they put a whole foods uh, in my neighborhood in new york they put one on houston you might know it was a it's a palace right it's a palace uh, brand new. Yeah. And I just remember the mood in that Whole Foods being so bad because you were going in there and literally eating like a king would have a hundred years before. You know, like a king. Yeah. Like a king. Honestly. Yeah. Like King Edward ate. You could eat at this Whole Foods. Yeah. But I, Bring I, me beasts from across the empire and I would oh, consume Unbelievable. Them. And just uh, on a middle class salary, you could do it. You'd be stretching your salary, but you could do it if you prioritize it. You could eat as good as King Edward did in the 1890s. We think that we can afford to eat that way, but no, it's because we don't build in the costs of our consumption. No, I understand. And I agree. But it's just a note that I always felt there <laughs> that everyone was walking through this fantasy and when they turned and they saw the other people being able to eat the same way they were, they got really mad. <laughs> like, there was this like, sense of like, you're breaking my fantasy. You know, people would just turn to me and be like, that guy gets to eat this way? Like, that's wrong. I never dared walk into those places when I lived in New York. Is that right? Were you at the co-op in Park Slope? No, I just couldn't afford to eat at any of those places. Yeah, yeah. Were we eating out of the dumpster? What was I going would, on? I, I, was, I was paying double at the key food. What, yeah. what, 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 what people oh, would be paying up here? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> well, the food in New York's a whole issue, right? But, I mean, yeah, the co-op is not a sustainable animal at all. Whole Foods is not a sustainable animal. That bothers me. That kind of double speak that comes out of that part of the economy really troubles me, because yeah. it's saying it's telling people you're okay, and you're helping the environment. And I'm sorry, but the co-op does not help the environment. Well, just Whole Foods is an Amazon company. Yeah, look at look at look at the transportation of shipping from the Amazon alone. Yeah, yeah but you they're, love they're Amazon. Really uh, it's typical Whalen trying to play both sides of the fence there. No, but wait. So first, I want to say this. I, <laughs> you live I, in an Amazon I, box. I use Amazon all the time. I uh-huh. love Amazon. I love Aldi. I eat five. I eat Caesar salads that have five different pieces of plastic packaging, and I get five of those a week. Yeah. Like, I'm not... Like, that's the problem. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I'm not changing my life here. Because I, I why, like, though? Because we refuse to eat because seasonally. I'm, because it's so easy. Mm. It's so easy to get that two ninety nine salad yeah. that's mixed and matched in a nice little container and convenient for me. Now, what right. that, what needs to happen is that same exact thing needs to be inside of um, biodegradable um, paper p- packaging. And I'm going to go, oh, still the same deal. Yoink. And then yeah. do the same thing. Well, the straws are like that here at UMass now, although they don't work after 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hey, listen, here's the thing. The, uh, this other thing is pointing to time scarcity that is for some reason, people have time scarcity, which makes grabbing stuff a real problem, like an issue. I have two kids. I actually don't feel like I'm swimming in time. Like, <laughs> and yeah. so uh, Amazon comes in the house. Trader Joe's yeah. comes in the house because I'm not. And I probably could, you know, but I don't, you know, and I probably should. But there is, and I, I think of you, you're very, you have real time scarcity issues. So it doesn't yeah. surprise me you like Cumberland Farms because you're like running around all the time. Yeah, it's in Cumberland Farms is the most wonderful place of all time. I but hey, I gotta go. I'm, I'm hopping on a mountain bike right now. All right, pal. Thanks uh, for going. I'm not burning fossil fuels. Yeah, that's good. All right, thank you. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll see you later. See ya. See ya. Now, actually, Sam, 
we, believe it or not, are at the end of our time here. And it is a tradition in our show to talk about what we're going to do to this wonderful Father John Misty exit of Magic Mountain, which is a, a relevant tune as well, about what's coming up for us either later this weekend or later this week. What are you up to either this weekend or week? Oh, gosh. Um, what I'm up for, for, to for the rest of the day is hopefully getting out and enjoying it. I'm jealous of his mountain biking. Yeah. Are you a mountain biker? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, 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 I would love to say I go every day, but really I just endeavor to go every day and usually fail. Oh, but um, you know, but at least you're going some of the time. You have two young kids too, so right. we so both know what that's like. When you have two young kids, anytime you have fun, you're basically putting the burden of not doing what they want to do on your spouse. Right. No, that's exactly <laughs> right. Now, Waylon doesn't have that problem. But just so everyone knows, Waylon is single right now. So, you know, if you see that orange van, that's him. He, has Ameri- he clearly has too much time on his hands. He has a lot of time. He does fill it up uh, respectfully, and I appreciate it. He called in particularly because he missed last week's show. But we really appreciate it, Waylon. Um, I, myself, am going to go get a giant... Okay, this sounds bad after our conversation, but a giant bike light. Actually, no, it's not that bad because my wife and I have a date tonight and maybe we're going to bike to East Hampton. And then, oh. yeah, oh, that's a great bike ride. I love the East Hampton bike path. And then, tonight we're going to the Academy of Music. It's the NEPR Story Slam. So there still might be tickets available. If you see me, the BIQ, then please say hi. I'll be in, I have my outfit picked out. It'll be black, black suit, white shirt, black dress shoes. I have a beard pretty good looking some people think so please come and say hi come and see the show tonight and we'll see you next week right here same time barbarianinthevalley.com is our website and we are podcasted all over the world in virtual space which consumes very little fuel bye bye